This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And what are we going to talk about today? You know, I want to go back to the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. Because that's... You're you're saying that that you get it, and sometimes you don't get it. Yes, that's correct. Because you have to pray correctly for the answer to be in the prayer. You know, um, so the answer is always yes. I get that. But if the prayer is not crafted correctly, the yes is not going to be the yes that you're looking for or hoping for. Now, that's the answer is always yes, but the answer to the prayer is in the prayer is you have to make sure that what you are desiring is the focus of the prayer. And that might seem to be a no-brainer, but it isn't. It can be difficult, especially when we've had a lifetime of experience doing hopeful prayers or begging prayers or asking an external force to understand what we mean and give us what we want. And a lot of times, yeah, the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. And it gets back to your other favorite part, which is the purpose, which is we, before we get into the prayer itself, we need to understand what it is that we want to create. So I just got a prayer request from somebody with, who is in her 40s and lonely and grew up a twin, but her twin got married. So her twin now has another twin who's the husband and she's got cancer and she's dealing with it on her own and they keep on taking parts out of her body. And, and then she wanted prayer. And it's like, there's a lot in there. So what I needed to do was to get myself to the point of understanding of what is it that I can pray for, for this woman, that's believable to me, that will give the sort of transformation that she's looking for in her life, without diving into exactly what the beliefs are behind her life experience. It's going to be difficult for me to nail down what the prayer is going to be, because all that stuff has its own metaphysical, metaphorical sources and reasons that it comes into our experience. Bigger picture, and to really simplify it, let's think in terms of archery. You got your bow and arrow, and you take the arrow and you put it on the bow, and let's assume that you're skilled enough to actually know how to shoot a bow and arrow. The first thing you want to do is figure out where the target is so that you can aim towards the target. Now, 
I can see the target over there. It's got the yellow circle in the middle of it. And what I want to do is hit the middle of the yellow circle. And the first thing I need to do is set the intention to hit the middle of the yellow circle. And then I'm going to go through all the activities of shooting the arrow. Now I've had the experience, especially in my youth, when we used to do this at summer camp, that sometimes the arrow didn't even hit the target. Sometimes it was really good that there was a nice hill behind the target <laughs> because it was a way awful miss. The good news is I never shot one of my fellow campers, somebody else on the archery range, because at least I was headed in the right direction. So what we want to do as we're doing our prayer is that purpose, that intention. The first thing that we're doing is saying, this is the target and I'm aiming at the target. And then we do all the steps of the prayer that we are familiar with and we let the prayer fly. And when it works, it hits the target. The yes that we're getting is exactly the experience that we wanted. And sometimes we weren't aiming exactly at the bullseye. And the yes that we get is different. It's not exactly what we had in mind. And the way that we're aiming is with our belief system. Because if I want to have a particular experience, but I don't completely believe that I'm worthy of it or that it's going to happen in the time frame that I'm thinking about, I'm actually aiming my prayer slightly off target. And then when it shows up, that's not telling me the prayer didn't work. It tells me that the prayer was aimed in a different direction than I was wanting it to. Does that help? That helps a lot. It helps a lot. And this is, and I've, th I've been thinking about this since last week and kind of bouncing it against the other, <laughs> my history and what's in that. And um, I still have a connection <laughs> with my history, obviously, friends and so forth. And we talk a lot about prayer. And so what you're sharing with me and have been teaching me over the last year, I kind of hold on to it, you know, so that there's nothing else that makes me lose what I have learned. Mm -hmm. But here's something really interesting that comes up. And I did ask you about this before, praying for someone else or praying collectively um, mm -hmm. for the congregation or a group of people and Practical prayer seems to be very I-centered. It's me, so I'm not really praying for everybody else. Now, this is going somewhere. So okay. I, I get it when it's for me. That's very personal. When it's collective, it seems to be very impersonal. Now, here comes someone that wants me to pray for them, and their perception of prayer is different than what I'm understanding it to be. So the answer, their answer to the prayer is not in their prayer. Well, everybody prays personally. And so the part that you're talking about is the, where it seems very eye-centric. In New Thought, the understanding is that there is one infinite presence, that's God, the divine source, creator, whatever it is that we're calling it. And it individualizes itself as each of us. So what you have dominion over is the individualization of you. And when you are praying, you are creating the prayer as an activity in consciousness. And you do that through your own mind, through your connection with the infinite consciousness. 
When you're praying for somebody else, you are not praying for their consciousness. You are not praying through their consciousness or with their consciousness. You're still doing the prayer through your conscious awareness of all the stuff that you're aware of. So it is still a very personal claim that you are making on the infinite. It's just on behalf of somebody else. Got it. So okay. This is, yeah, this is not necessarily spirituality in the key of me, but it's always through me. No, but that makes sense. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So then the you there's this idea that people are praying against you. You'll hear you you may hear that in the traditional world. But people aren't necessarily praying against someone. They're praying what they think is right for that person which may be different than what that person is desiring. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's prayers at 20 paces. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, you know, I've shied away from praying for people because I don't want to pray my consciousness on them, you know, what I think or my interpretation. But sometimes when I hear what they're asking for, it seems a little off. So then what? Okay. What, what uh, prayer goes? Uh, a couple of things come to mind. First off, if you take somebody who's into traditional prayer and traditional religion, and they say, will you pray for me? You can absolutely do a practical prayer on their behalf. And the prayer can be regardless of what they believe or what they want. We can always pray that they are experiencing their highest and best, and that it's unfolding with love and ease. For them and everyone involved. And that can involve somebody who's going through financial challenges or somebody who's going through a difficult medical diagnosis or depression or writer's block or whatever it happens to be. Highest and best unfolding with love and ease. We can always do that prayer. And we can always do the immediate prayer of knowing that everything is love and love is somehow unfolding as them right now. We can do that prayer when we're driving down the highway and there's uh, been an accident in the other lane. We can do a prayer that the person who is in the accident and everybody involved is experiencing that divine love of the infinite in all ways and that this is resolving in a way that brings the greatest degree of good into the experience of everyone involved. But we can't pray for something specific to happen to the person who was in the accident you know, it might have been somebody, you know, on a motorcycle who's trying to kill themselves. And praying for them to come back to life is not a favor. <laughs> so that's, that's us making an assumption about what it is that they want. The other thing is that when you do a practical prayer in front of somebody who's expecting a traditional prayer, you need to understand what your motivation is for doing that. Because Jesus very clearly said, don't stand on the street corners and pray out loud like the other people do. So they'll be heard for their much speaking. If you want to do the prayer for somebody, it's going to be in your own consciousness, in the, the closet within. It's just you and the infinite where you're doing the prayer, even if it's on behalf of somebody else. The only benefit of doing it in front of them is if they want to hear it, because that will help them in their belief. If they hear you speaking something which you know to be true, that they want to be true, then they can use you as that booster to, to give them a deeper feeling of belief. 
Mm-hmm. If, on the other hand, they're going to be listening to the prayer and they're saying stuff like, well, where's Jesus? <laughs> and why don't I hear all those old phrases that I used to like about you begging for something? Then it won't help to pray out loud in front of them. Yes. Well, I, I admit I've gotten that more often than I would like. So I just kind of say, I'll do it privately. Mm-hmm. I got an inquiry from a, uh, a bride this week and wanted a religious wedding ceremony. Can I do a religious wedding ceremony? The groom is Catholic, the bride is Protestant. It's a second marriage for both of them. And they're looking for an officiant. And I said, I can definitely do a religious service. We will talk about God a lot. We might mention Jesus a little bit, but he's not going to be featured as Lord and Savior. And she wrote back and said, yeah, we're going to need to have Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's like, have a nice time. Find somebody different because I don't, that, that's not my language. And it's okay. It's perfectly okay. That's what they're, that's what they're seeking. I'm not their guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. So I think, I think I got it. Like it's, it's better to just do it privately because then, you know, I don't want the prayer to become the conversation. Right. When I do the, the prayers at the end of the podcast, I do them out loud. Everybody can hear them. And I'm sure that there are people who listen to it who say, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's possible. And in their own consciousness, in their own awareness, they're, they're pushing back. And that's okay, because that's informing them of where their belief system is. And if we want to have a conversation about the prayer, then we can do that. But the conversation about the prayer is a teaching opportunity, whereas the prayer itself is a movement in consciousness, and it's a creative enterprise of the infinite. Let's take a quick break. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. You'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. Had a nice break. We're going to talk about the pivot. We're going to talk about the pivot. And that, to me, is as important as the purpose statement. It kind of gets us into the purpose statement. And the first question that we have when we're thinking about our life experiences, am I, am I having a good time? Am I enjoying the life experience that I'm having now? 
And if I am, then that's great. I probably don't need any additional prayer other than to continue on in that, that groove that I've been in. If there's something that hasn't been going the way that I want it to, this is, this is kind of where that, uh, the purpose of the, or the, 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 the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. What we want to do is we want to understand, if I haven't been enjoying this experience of life, what do I want to be having instead? It's being able to turn from the problem to either the solution or the desired experience that we're going to have once the problem is no longer there. And that can be really difficult. We live in a society where folks just love to complain. How many people do you know who have had the same problem for years and years and years, and they just keep talking about it? Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. And if they didn't have that problem, who would they be? In the belief system somewhere, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of different causes for that, but the perception of some is that if I, if I could just get God to understand how uncomfortable this is and what would make me happy, and, and not always what would make me happy, but if God just understands that this is so painful and so uncomfortable, that God will change it. And that's putting a lot of pressure on God. Uh, yeah, it, do, it is. You know, when you think about it that way. But you know, if you stop and you say, "Okay, so what would that change look like? What would that be like?" Sometimes the best answer that you know is like, "I don't want, just don't want this anymore." But I'll tell you from my personal experience, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of times. I used to say, look, it's no point in me talking to you about this because you're not doing anything about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it hurts when I hit myself in the hand with a hammer. And it hurts every time I do that. Oh, I wish the pain would stop. I have an idea. Stop hitting yourself in the hand with a hammer. And that phrase, that simply, is like a duh of course of course and that's what we're doing if i'm not liking the experience that i've been having then in order to have a different experience i'm gonna have to do something different i'm gonna have to be willing to give something up it might be that i have to give up the story it might be that i have to give up the bad habits it might be that i need to stop drinking coffee there might be something in it for me to actually do instead of just saying God, I would like to keep drinking three martinis every day, but I'd like to be sober. It's like, we need to meet God halfway there. And oh, by the way, it's not that God doesn't understand, it's that it's all okay with God. Because whatever it is that we're doing in consciousness and in our activities, even if it's making us very uncomfortable, God doesn't have a horse in the race. We were here to be the individual expressions of the divine that we are, and if we choose to do something that makes us miserable, God's not going to intervene. That's why I love New Thought so much, because it takes the responsibility or the expectation off of God, or it reframes it in a different, you know, in a different way. When I was in seminary, I wrote a paper. I can't remember what it was for, but it came back. It was like 18 pages, and it came back all marked up, red circles and everything. And I I looked at that, and my heart just sunk because I really had spent a lot of time on it. And I decided, not that day, but the next, to look at the comments about all of this. 
And it was that you are taking too much responsibility on yourself. You're giving humans, or in those days, man, more responsibility than they have. It's God that does this and God that does that. And I looked at that and thought, this is the way I see it. You know, this is this is just it. But now in New Thought, I understand why that transition was not difficult for me. Hmm. Because I don't see God as a cosmic Santa Claus, you know, just sitting out there taking orders and then deciding whether you're you deserve it or not, whether you've right. been good or Are you on the bad. naughty list or the nice list? Yeah, I, I didn't see that. Or, you know, even am I good enough that God would even read my list? <laughs> you know, but, that, but that's a, that's a real, reality. You know, my mother's Pentecostal. She's real serious Pentecostal. So I know how that works. And it just doesn't quite, no, no offense, but it just doesn't quite put God in the light that I see God, you know, it doesn't fit grace. It doesn't fit me being in the image of God because in the image of God, can you imagine God? Well, there's no one but God, but God saying to God's self, well, I don't know whether this is going to be okay or not. Or what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, I'm much more comfortable with taking the responsibility and then believing that I am co-creator or in collaboration with God, if that's an okay word to use. Yeah, it's, it's a co-creative process because that one creative power that creates everything created us and we're using that same creative power to create our lives. And that's what consciousness is about. It's the ability to direct or channel that creative power that creates everything to create something new for us. And the idea that God is going to decide what's okay for us and going to dole out the goodies uh, or has a horse in the race about what it is that we do with this incredible gift of life that we're given. God loves us, and this, this is one of those comments that gets me in trouble. God loves us so much that God doesn't care what we do. And the metaphor that I have is if you go into a fine restaurant and you ask if the waiter can possibly bring you something and you don't necessarily believe that the waiter is going to, then you're putting all of the power into the waiter. You're making God into your waiter. And then you're able to criticize the waiter and judge the waiter and have a drama about your relationship with the waiter. I prefer the metaphor of being at an infinite buffet. You want to eat dessert, go over to the dessert table and get some dessert. But if you just sit there, you're going to be hungry. It's all about what you are bringing to it. You know, you want to have another steak, go get another steak. You want to eat something that's really healthy, you can do that. The answer is going to be yes. You can have whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you can open your belief to. And it's all there on the the buffet table and it's all okay. Whatever choice you make is okay with God. That's the only thing that makes sense to me, because otherwise, what's the point? You know, if I just sit here and I'm going to wait for God to give it to me or say this is what you should have or no, you, it, it makes, I don't see any point in us being here. Yeah. Does you God know, have we, a plan for you? You know, you have a brain. There must be some reason that we have the brain other than to sit there and say, 
God change this? I understand that there are life forms that do not have volition. They just grow and multiply, you know, by bacteria and viruses and plankton and amoebas and things like that. They're probably not making a plan. They're not figuring out how they're going to pay the mortgage. It's much simpler. The program was set in place and they're just executing on the program and maybe living and multiplying and maybe serving as lunch for some other creature. And that's the program. And then along comes this consciousness, this awareness, this volition, where we're able to make a choice. And that was created by the same force that creates everything. So there's got to be a reason for it or an opportunity for it to get used. We're the channel for the infinite to flow into experience. Let's take a quick break and come back and do a prayer about channeling that infinite power. Be right back. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. We just got finished talking about the pivot, and now? Now we're going to do a prayer. And the prayer is going to be, if I don't know what I'm pivoting from or what I'm pivoting to, I know, for example, that I'm unhappy with the experience that I'm having in life, but I really don't have any clarity about what it is or where exactly the problem is. It's like I'm driving in the car and there's something rattling, but I don't know what. I know that I want the rattle to stop. I know I, I, I want that rattle to not be a problem. But I don't know exactly if there's something that I need to move in the glove compartment or if there's something under the hood or a lug nut is loose or whatever that happens to be. So the prayer is going to be for the clarity and the awareness and the guidance as to what is that next change to invite and the awareness of what it is that I'm inviting in and for that good to be unfolding. And it's not necessarily going to be even for the good to be expressing. It's not going to be the result of the prayer. It's going to be for clarity on who I am and what I'm bringing to the situation and what I want next. And I think that's important because when you don't know what to pray for, you pray for clarity. You do the first prayer is to pray to know what you want to pray for, and then the next prayer is to pray for that. Because we're not limited to just one, and it's not even one a day, and it's not even one in a row. You can do a prayer and then get the clarity and go, ah, now I know what to pray for. A lot of times I'm doing a session with somebody and we get to a roadblock. I don't know where to take the conversation next because I'm stymied. And we'll stop right there. 
will stop, drop, and pray. And the prayer will be for understanding about where to go next. And by the time we get to the end of the prayer, there's another question that come, that's come up for me or another insight that's come up for the person I'm working with. And then we have the clarity and we can then go deeper into the conversation we were having. It's a fun process. Because the answer is always yes. If I'm praying for clarity, I'm going to get clarity. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So let's do a prayer together. So the usual invitation to go to a soft focus or close your eyes so you can turn away from the evidence around you. The note to anybody who's operating heavy machinery, please don't close your eyes while you're doing that. Make sure that you stay safe. As we turn toward that infinite creative power that is everything, that is everyone, that is everywhere. We call it God. We call it spirit. We call it source, uh, mother, father. It's the Big Bang. It is that from which everything is flowing. It is the one. And that one shares itself as and in and through all of creation. That one is the infinite intelligence, the one divine mind that knows everything, that is aware of everything, that is the intelligence in back of everything. It is the substance, the matter and the energy that forms itself as and through and in all of its creation. Everything is that one expressing itself in its own way. There is one life and each of us is living that life in our own particular way. And all of this good is not just available to us, it is us. And as we open ourselves to the deeper awareness of that infinite intelligence that indwells, we are able to invite clarity and guidance on this next experience, this next leg of our life's journey. And that infinite intelligence that knows everything is responding. It knows everything. It is able to guide us not to what it wants us to do, but to what is best for each of us individually. What is highest and best for me in this next activity? What is it that I truly desire? What is it that's been blocking me? Each of us individually. What is it that's been blocking me from the good that I'm seeking? What is the good that I'm seeking really feeling like? What is it that I'm drawn to? So I am now inviting that clarity that insight, that awareness for each one who's listening to this prayer. That divine spark, that still small voice to whisper what is next, what is highest and best for us. Or it shows up as a dazzling insight, a sudden flash of inspiration, and a new idea fully formed. Or there's a sign, a sign that shows up in some way that is not even subtle, Make it a sign that's completely obvious. This is mine. This is what's next for me. And the guidance on the steps that are to be taken in order to bring that new experience into being. We have the clarity on the situation, the awareness of what's next, and the inspiration to take those next steps to bring that good into our lives in a way that makes us more joyous, more prosperous, more healthy and vital, more creative, more loved and loving, more deeply spiritual in our connection with the infinite. All of that which we call good is available and we are being guided to our good in a way that is uplifting for each one of us individually. That's the good that's going on now. That's the way that love is unfolding now. And there is nothing that stands in the way of this. There is no force that's saying it's not available for you or it's not available for you or it's going to have to be later for you. 
this good is available always. And that insight and that clarity on our next steps and the way that that good is available and unfolding our lives is made clear to each of us. I'm so thankful for this process, for the good that's unfolding, for the clarity and the wisdom and the insight, for the wonderful steps and the guidance. And I'm mostly grateful for the willingness of each person listening to be able to take this journey, to be willing to take this journey and step even more fully into that new experience. And so with gratitude for all of this good, I speak this word of intention and I release it into that creative law that always says yes. It always says yes. There is no other answer. It is already saying yes. This good is already unfolding. It is underway now. And I let it be. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. That was so absolutely perfect. I love that one. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.